Welcome in Eagles fans to another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. As always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase here joining you alongside Gino Camilleri as always. We are recording on a Tuesday night. By the time you're listening, it might be the day before the 2020 NFL Draft. We have finally arrived to this point, Gino. All the speculation, all the scenarios, all the debates, all the film, all the combine talk, the you know your trip to the Senior Bowl to watch all those prospects, the canceled pro days, the virtual draft chaos that it's been. I would say it's an understatement, Gino, that this draft season has been unique, to say the least, right? For sure. It's uncharted waters. I think we all know that. But, man, I know. It feels like I was just in Mobile three months ago. and feels like the Eagles just lost to the Seahawks, and we were just digging into, you know, draft talk. I know, man. All those weeks ago, we had like 10 10 Mondays left before the mock, and we're doing all our locked on the mock Mondays. And now we're here, man. And it's kind of like I'm I'm done, like, (laughs) thinking about it. Like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You feel burnt out at this point? Yeah, I mean, I'm just ready to see the final result, you know. It's like when you study for a test so much and you're like, I'm just ready to take it. Like, I'm at that point. Right. It's kind of like taking the SATs, like the pre-SATs and going Mm -hmm. through all the prep for months and you're like, just just get me here to this this big thing. Um, I'll tell you, if I see the Draft Network's mock draft machine one more time, I mean, I love it, but I'm just – I'm with you. I I love the the speculation. Honestly, I I almost enjoy doing this podcast in the offseason more than the regular season because there's so many creative ways to take it. With all the uncertainty, I I eat that up, but – I just right now, especially with what's going on in the world right now, some results and some surprise would actually be a really nice change of pace. They're saying that this, uh, Rappaport tweeted it out, that this is going to be the the one draft that I think he used the word wronger. I think he (laughs) actually tweeted that, that we're the media. Yeah, a GM told him that, right? Yeah, GM told him. Which means that's definitely David Gettleman, considering the language he used. Oh, a thousand percent. (laughs) (laughs) Wronger, for sure. Yeah, it has to be Gettleman. But (sighs) without a doubt, this is going to be a crazy one, man. I mean, there's so many different situations that happen. And I read Zach Berman's article on The Athletic. I think he did a really good job in talking about going in depth about how he's thinking around this and went into some of his comments and – this is one of those classes where we're like, if the things go the way we want them to, they could get a really good player. But if it doesn't, I mean, they're going to have to trade back. I end up, th- I think they trade back, but I also think there's a chance to get a very good blue chip player in there. But we just got to hope things go our way. Hope tackles come off the board. Hope quarterbacks come off the board. Yep. Hope somebody falls in love with Jacob Eason and wants to trade up. And we know Jordan Love. I, I believe he'll be a top 20 pick. I think some mm-hmm. team is going to fall in love with him and, want to move up and draft him and not wait around but the way it plays out man there could be uh we talked about it some of these big names that could be there maybe one of the wide receivers falls into the teens sure talk that jerry judy has some medical concerns that people are worried about but who knows man it's the nfl and it's the Mm -hmm. most fun event of the nfl and especially once the season starts yeah everything's all written in stone like the teams are the teams this is when very good teams can become elite teams. This is where middle-of-the-road teams can become bad teams. There's so much swing in just three days that can happen from selecting the right or wrong players. 
And there's so much unknown, you know, every year throughout the draft, but especially this year, like you said, because you didn't have the pro day process, teams weren't able to meet, Mm -hmm. and they've just been watching film, and maybe that's better for these teams that they're going to be able to go about their draft evaluation in in that, that way, maybe the... It actually helps out teams that they're not, you know, overreacting to pro days. And of course, interviews, though, and that kind of stuff, it does go a long way, especially for smaller school prospects and, you know, smaller names. It helps them really blow up their draft stock. Uh, but this year, especially, yeah, I, I just, even with the Eagles, you know, you hear, especially with receiver, which we talk about all the time, they are, they're interested in, they really like Brandon Ayuk, was the report today, and that they've loved it. Yeah, oh, which I is awesome, too. I and, loved it. But was at the same time, you know, Denzel Mims the other day says he's talked with them like three or four times a week, and KJ Hamler the other day says he's in constant communication. So I'm just, again, I'm ready for some results here. I'm ready for some mm-hmm. surprise. And I don't know. Again, I feel like with Philadelphia, we have a sense of what they're going to do early, Gino. But, and especially with position. But then again, I was kind of thinking about this the other day. I've been going through like the history of the NFL draft because tomorrow I wanted to talk about Howie Roseman's philosophy and his draft tendencies and his history before we get into Thursday's big day. And uh, I started thinking to myself, throughout like the months and months of mock drafts over the past years and years, has there been like a consensus pick to the Eagles in mock drafts that's ever been actually drafted by the Eagles? I mean, Josh Jacobs certainly not last year. Um, mm-hmm. 2018, I feel like it was just a bunch of different players, Jair Alexander, Sony Michelle. So again, it's so unknown, and that's kind of a perfect example of like just look through mock drafts. There's so many of those that – have the same player going to Philadelphia year after year after year, and I just I can't remember a player, maybe outside of Carson Wentz, that was actually picked. I think Derek Barnett might be like okay. The yeah, that's thing a good one. It. Sure, like but v- very slim. Like, but even then, maybe, remember we would hear Gary and Conley's name, Sidney Jones before yeah. he got hurt. Even Delvin Cook, people said, might be a first round pick that the the Eagles really. Yeah, liked. it was just because they definitely needed an edge that yep. year, and there was Barnett was like the consensus next guy up, so it was kind of like the safe pick for them at the moment, and we'll see how he pays off this year. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can't believe that like everybody's forcing them. Justin Jefferson. It's always it's only year, Justin Jefferson. I mean, I just I man, I I'm <laughs> there with you, but like I'm the way I see it is like the Eagles can't afford not to have good wide receivers and like the kid just No, I get it. I just can't SEC believe like level. it's just such a consensus thing, especially yeah, when for sure. and maybe like it's just last year was cornerback, cornerback, right. cornerback, yeah. cornerback or like no, they're not getting a freaking cornerback. And maybe like, it's just a product cool of groupthink. Because when you actually, again, with Jefferson, we'll, we'll get into that debate on Thursday during our live show, but I just, when, when teams actually, look, when, when analysts look into the Eagles situation, I'm just surprised more people don't have different players there. But again, Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson, the consensus pick for the Eagles at 21 in the past, outside of maybe Derek Barnett, uh, that hasn't been the way Philadelphia goes. And it, again, just goes to show, we have no idea what's going to happen in this NFL draft on Thursday, and it's why me and Gino cannot wait for it. Just Two days away, not even, as we are recording here at 9 o'clock on this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Eagles. What we're going to get into in segments 2 and 3. So you guys have heard what we think the Eagles need. Wide receiver, both offense and defensive line, defensive backs, uh, linebackers. What about the other positions? What positions do we think in this draft on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday will Howie Roseman maybe not ignore, but which ones are we expecting them not to prioritize and maybe not 
take it all. Me and Gina will get into that coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. Guys, today's Lockdown Eagles is sponsored by Postmates. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food and that's why I love using Postmates, but I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world right now with COVID-19, they created non-contact delivery. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout for my favorite local restaurants. Listen up, you guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier picking up everything I need from Walgreens. It could be uh, 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. All you got to do, download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. That's right. Within 60 minutes, you're going to get it. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, Eagles fans across the globe, thank you for joining us on the second last edition of Lockdown Eagles before the 2020 NFL Draft officially begins. Cannot wait next week to actually talk about the draft class that the Eagles have. Get some real substance into this podcast and uh, less speculation. Absolutely love it. But again, as me and Gino said, in yeah, we can one, actually talk about yeah, the players and I'm, what they can do. For I'm excited our team. to go It'll into film. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited to go into film for a player Philadelphia actually has and start thinking about what the plan can be moving forward. Instead of, it's tough, you know. You fall in love with guys each year, and mm-hmm. you imagine them with the birds, and then when it doesn't happen, Adderley, you know, you do a lot of research on that guy. Johnson. Yeah, and then, <laughs> oh, I know, man. I yeah, know. so and with me, you know, Josh, it happened to be running backs. I feel like every single year, but Josh Jacobs last year, and um, Sony Michelle, Jair Alexander. Uh, so and uh, like Charles and Menahue, you know what I mean? Last year, later mm-hmm. in the draft, so. Yeah, I'm excited to actually see what the draft class is and really analyze that next week. As for today, again, what I said in segment one, we're going to get into the positions that maybe Philadelphia, not necessarily they don't have a need there, but the positions, Gino, that Howie Roseman like is not that worried about. And there's a couple that come to my mind, but is there a position that jumps into your head instantly that you think maybe they don't take it all in this draft, and if they do, it wouldn't be till late day three? To be honest with you, the more I look at this roster, I mean, outside of the specialists, we know they're not going to take a kicker or a punter or a long snapper. They have all those locked up. They're not going to take Al Henry in the fourth round again? (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you. (laughs) But to me, I don't see a position that they wouldn't take a player at, uh, in all honesty. The the three, I would say, that would be the biggest, like, yeah. Down, down the radar type of draft pick would be definitely interior defensive line. I would say tackle. Maybe you want to swing tackle in this class if you don't sign one in a veteran free agency, which they haven't. And, I mean, number three, you could say running back or tight end, which they still don't have a third tight end on the roster, if I'm not mistaken. So they really need to go out and get somebody to put there. But I could see them taking a player at some point in this draft for all of those positions, if we're being honest. No, that's that's fair, certainly. Um, they have future, and again, immediate needs versus future needs, they're different, and mm-hmm. you're not always drafting for exactly what you need in 2020 because 
again, this year, last year, we, me and you both scoffed at the idea of the Eagles taking a cornerback because they had six mm-hmm. guys that we – at least a couple, we expected at least three to develop into long-term pieces, and really with almost none of them doing that, this year they need a cornerback. So I don't want to say they shouldn't take an interior defensive lineman or they shouldn't take a running back or they shouldn't take a uh, even a quarterback because you never know what the future holds. But for me, I think interior defensive line, you're right about that. With Javon Hargrave, they have an abundance of defensive tackles mm-hmm. now, Gino, with Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Malik Jackson, and Hassan Ridgeway. I mean, that is a strong top four. That's so, a murderer's row that's right so, there. It's so good to the point where you'll probably see Malik Jackson playing a lot of edge, right? Um, or at least, you know, lined up not traditionally where he has in the past. So I think they have an abundance of defensive tackles right now. Quarterback is interesting. You know, we've even talked about, we've kind of gone back and forth with this. I feel like our opinions over the years kind of go back and forth. This year, and maybe it's just because of Clayton Thorson last year, but I'm a little hesitant hmm. to take a quarterback later on. Again, investing in the quarterback position is something the Eagles love to do, and they do it normally really well. And I don't think it's you know it's typically a bad idea, but last year it was just really hard to stomach when you have Carson Wentz and to me like a, a young backup that can develop with upside that you could eventually move as you know, your version of Jacoby Brissett, you have that already in Nate Sudfeld. So to me, like drafting a Clayton Thorson, and then I make this comparison all the time, seeing like Darius Slayton uh, go out the door when you could have really mm-hmm. used that at wide receiver last year. I forget where Charles Amenihu went, but let's just say hypothetically he would have, and I don't think he was available, but if you were to take a quarterback and then one of those other players becomes a star, I just think, again, for me, it's all about potential and the potential return on your investment you would get out of a quarterback in round like five six or seven I don't think would be nearly as high as taking a edge rusher there or a defensive tackle or you know a linebacker so while I think they could do that because Nate Sudfeld you still really don't know what you have in him as a backup I just think with the presence of Sudfeld as that kind of upside young quarterback still behind Carson Wentz along with veterans being available every year in such a quarterback-friendly offense. I mean, look what Josh McCown did last year, almost winning you a playoff game. I'm just a little – I'm not turned off to drafting a quarterback this year, but it's something that, I don't know, I I wouldn't personally do. I could see where you're coming from on that for sure. I mean, Clayton Thorson definitely leaves a bad taste in our mouth, but there were quarterbacks in that class that – I was okay with. The kid out of Boise, why can't I think of his his name? Uh, uh, Rippin? Also North – yeah, and then uh, Easton Stick North too, Dakota who State's went right in front of literally yep, the pick Stick, before. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm like, again, I don't want to say that this isn't also an emotional opinion that I'm saying because of mm-hmm. what happened just last year. Seeing how brutal, I mean, Clayton Thorson, who was the other quarterback, Gino, uh, behind the, the top three? Wasn't there somebody else? Oh, it was Cody Kessler. Like, I mean, yes, seeing right. Kessler and Clayton Thorson out there last year, it did turn me off to the you know, depth of of quarterback right now. To me, you're going to have to take one day three, if anything. I mean, that's the territory they would. Probably looking towards the back round, back of the last pick you have at, at the sixth round there. I mean, the guys I'm looking at are big armed quarterbacks that can really put the ball down the field and go out and make some throws. Mm-hmm. Anthony Gordon will probably go a little higher than – you would like to. I was going to say Gordon's one of the. Honest. I was going to say Gordon's one of the few guys that I'd be okay with. Yeah, I'm good with Cole McDonald, the kid out of Hawaii as Ooh, well. Yeah, um, true. Nate, Nate, Nate Stanley out of Iowa. I mean, he's just he never really was in a passing offense, but he was just a consistent player there. 
And then Steven Montez out of Colorado, a big kid. He's 6'4", 240. I mean, can really mm-hmm. huck the football down the field. But, I mean, I'm not getting Shea Patterson anywhere close to my quarterback room. He outright stinks. <laughs> uh, Brian Lewerke out of Michigan State, like, I don't like him at all either. Mason, fine, maybe. But, I mean, it, it's a bleak list past the guys like Gordon and James Morgan and Jake Luton out of Oregon State. I, but, man, you're going to really have slim pickings on day three, and it's going to yeah. be a big reach if you take one anyway. No, for sure. And, again, this this team – should be open to always investing in quarterback. And mm-hmm. Carson Wentz isn't injury prone, but you've seen the value of having a good high-end backup over the last three years. I mean, they won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. They made another deep playoff run with a backup quarterback. They had a backup quarterback playing in the playoffs every single year the past three years. So having a good one, when that opportunity arises and you need a quarterback to come through, I mean, Gino, there's just too many times in the NFL where, and I guess the Eagles are kind of, they were the outlier the past three years because normally teams, when they lose their quarterback, are not going to be able to do what the Eagles have done consistently over the last three years. But you've seen what they can do because in the past, there's been times where the backup comes in and you just you you know instantly you have no chance. Um, and with Philadelphia, we've kind of been lucky not to have to deal with that. So yeah, you could take one and hope that he can develop into that. But I really believe in in Nate Sudfeld with that role. I know he's only on a one year deal, but. I'm actually really high on Sudfeld, even though he hasn't played any real action. So, I don't know. Again, to me, just the taking him in the sixth round, the idea of, well, you can you can take him, develop him, and move him later on. I mean, yeah, but for what? Maybe to get the same pick that you mm-hmm. already took with him? So, I don't know. It's, it's a back and forth. I'm not totally turned off by it, but I don't know if you should expect quarterback this year, um, especially considering the way they last year actually chose a veteran in Josh McCown over a young guy like Nate Sudfeld. And uh, the organization, I'm sure, remembers their pick in Clayton Thorson. Without a doubt, man. I don't think <laughs> you, know. you can't. He's a, he was a stinker all the way around. I mean, you especially in this class, when there will be guys on the board that probably are going to fall that wouldn't be there in other years because of this whole virus thing. We know that they've talked about more names falling because of injuries and everything. I'd much rather take a shot on maybe a big name that you thought would be there in round four and he's there in round five or six and Mm -hmm. you go out and get him over one of these quarterbacks that you're definitely going to have to reach for. But like you said, I'm fine with Nate Sudfeld right now. You have to get younger at other positions. Uh, QB right now, to me, backup quarterback, especially third-string quarterback, is way down the list of needs for me, especially not just – short term because you're good now but even long term uh, Carson's the answer as long as he's healthy y- you shouldn't have a plan for after Carson Wentz in my opinion well like, that's like he is the plan. yeah and that's <laughs> that's the other thing is the past couple years you've had the luxury of being able so to invest do that. in that guy throw some throw right. some assets yes his way. start building around Carson Wentz instead of you know taking a quarterback and again mm-hmm. I don't think it's a terrible idea especially in past years when you had that luxury of taking one because your roster it was intact, and your core was there for three seasons, so you could take a chance on a quarterback. But like you said, this year you got to get younger at a lot of different positions, and there's more needs immediate and in the future than there has been in the past. So not a big fan of taking quarterback this year or interior defensive line. Gino, what do you think about tight end? I mean, this is a team that loves to use 12 personnel. And they've had to use 12 personnel over the past couple of years because of the injuries at wide receiver, the inconsistent play at wide receiver. Um, so again, they like to use 12 personnel, but at the same time, they've got Zach Ertz, they've got Dallas Goddard. Doug Peterson in the past has 
love to use 11 personnel, and I think he wants to get back to a more even split with a healthier, improved wide receiver cast in 2020. I'm not, again, kind of like quarterback. I'm, I would actually rather take a tight end than a quarterback this year, but I don't know, maybe uh, – I, I actually would rather you know take another position in the draft, and I actually like the idea of Trey Burton coming back. I think he was perfect in that third tight end role uh, in 2017 and before that. And in Chicago, I know it didn't work out, but you know two years ago he had over 500 yards and six touchdowns. He's still owed four million dollars by the Bears, so he's not going to cost much on your cap. I would uh, maybe take that route instead. Agreed, especially because this tight end class they're talking that. <sighs> There might not be one. It's such a it's a brutal one, class, maybe dude. Not even day two. Yeah, it's a bad. class. Do you like anybody in this tight end class? I kind of like Thaddeus Moss. If we're a talking little bit. that, I would. I mean, Thad Moss. He, I, I feel like he was just a product of what went on there. He, he's yeah, got a that's lot fair of question too. Marks in his game. I, I like the kid Troutman out of Dayton. He re, he moved really well down in Mobile. Um, DeGuara out of Cincinnati. He looked really good down mm-hmm. there too. But if we're talking like down the list of guys where I'm taking a shot on. I've mentioned his name before, uh, Stephen Sullivan, the other tight end at LSU. He only had nine career catches, but his frame and build is just – he's a basketball player playing tight end. I know we hear that analogy all the time, but he moves incredibly well on the field, really has untapped potential, and will be a guy there in that territory where you want to look to get a tight end. Because, to be honest, if you want to run a lot of the stuff they do in 12, you still need to have a guy there that can block. I mean, to put it lightly, you have to have that blocking tight end, that Brent Selleck role. When the things were rolling in 2017, they had three going consistently. And I, I still mm-hmm. think you need to put another asset there. But to me, you're not you're not going day one, day two, and probably late day three. Looking at a guy like Sullivan, I'm a big fan of my, my good friend Jacob Breland out of Oregon. He was injured most of the season. He's kind of gone by the wayside. People haven't been thinking about him. But to me, you're you're not taking shots on guys in day two like the Cole Kemets and mm-hmm. DeGuaras and Thaddeus Mosses, like you say, because, frankly, you have two of the best tight ends in football. So, I mean, you're, yeah, you're no, not no, going to invest that much in right. the third tight end when it's all said and done. No, and at the same time, I don't want it to be Richard Rodgers. <laughs> so, but even Joshua no, Perkins, even Josh Perkins last year, the mm-hmm. last couple weeks of the season, made some big plays. I remember that big third down conversion on the final drive Monday night against the the uh, the Giants. He scored that impressive touchdown against the Giants week seventeen. Mm-hmm. Made some good plays against the Cowboys too. So I think there's options after the draft that would you know suit them better. This is totally random, off topic, but you were just talking about a lot. Of, you mentioned a lot on the show because you're an Oregon fan, your boys from Oregon, and it kind of got me thinking about my guys. And earlier, segment one, we were talking about like consensus Eagles in mock drafts and if they've ever really been drafted by the Eagles. This is random, mm-hmm. but you made me think of this when talking about Oregon. Is there like a my guy for you over the past, let's say, I don't know, five to ten drafts that the Eagles have actually taken? Like I feel like Carson Honestly, Wentz for me the, was that. The last but one I can really think of, like a guy that Vinnie you would like pound that like you were aggressively Vinnie into. Yeah, Vinnie Curry in okay. twelve. I I don't remember why I loved him so much, but I just remember like late in the process, like hearing about his name, and then I mm-hmm. like started to watch him. I'm like, this guy could really do it, and he was there right when I wanted to pick him, and they got him. I was like, wow, that was freaking awesome. Like one guy I actually wanted them to pick, and JJ Ortega Whiteside. Of oh, course, that's right. I duh. won't bring him up. It's a sore subject. <laughs> no, that's. I still r- remember that's right. walking into the studio last year saying, "What if they took him?" And 
now people don't like me too much because I actually did. It's not over, my friend. It's only been one year. Oh, even I'm, though, even oh, though I'm man, anti I'm JJ right now, ship. I know I'm you. I'm Jack are. Sparrow with that. <laughs> ship, I'll tell you that much. All right, let's hit a break right here on Lockdown Eagles. When we come back, we'll continue to uh, get into this topic of positions maybe the Eagles don't need in this draft or won't prioritize. As again, you know, the acquisition period does not end after the draft. Free agency starts up again. You saw the Eagles in 2017. They signed Legarrette Blunt as their starting running back in June. And the Eagles won a Super Bowl, and a huge part of that was LeGarrette Blunt. So running back, another position that we'll talk about coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. All right, we are wrapping up this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, not just your team, though. Locked On NFL, the channel itself, has all 32 teams, has Locked On NFL Draft, has the Draft Dudes podcast. I love that. Uh, partnered up with the Draft Network on that show. Locked On NFL, we did our Locked On uh, NFL Mock Draft special last week. So some awesome content across the network. So make sure on Apple Podcasts or any pl- uh, podcast platform that you subscribe uh, your shows to, Make sure you check out the other Locked On NFL shows. We have so much awesome talent across the network churning out some incredible content. And that's the one thing that is kind of sad about the end of the draft is there's so much creative stuff. I've loved not just, you know, me and your content, um, but reading just all the clever minds and all the cool stuff people have done throughout the draft. The draft is this like blank canvas and you can just take it and really do what you want with it for months. And that's the one part is with all the unknown, it really does bring, I think, the best out of uh, like draft Twitter. I just, I, I do, it can be annoying at times, but I think the community is really fun. And that, that's one part that I always do miss at the end of it. Absolutely. I, we just got done and we put it out. I hope you guys all checked it out. And if you haven't, please go read the second annual Eagles Twitter mock yep, draft. That too. That was a lot of fun. People this, yeah. It, we always get good guys in there and it's cool because we all think about teams differently and think about needs and fit mm-hmm. differently. And it's, it's cool because the guys I ask, I, I don't ask just anybody. I ask people that I really trust, and a lot of guys from Fourth and John and Draft Right and PSN and another football pod and First Down Podcast. Those guys are awesome, and I really find people that have the same sort of energy around the draft and want their team to do better because there are a lot of people out there that, that honestly, I'm going to say this. The simplest thing I learned in the Scouting Academy is that anybody can find what a player does bad. It takes a real eye to figure out what a player does well. And people that see that and want players to do well and can identify that and can you want them on your team and want them to do well, that's what I'm all about. Because everybody in this draft, man, let me tell you, there's 255 selections. You know how many people go into the draft every single year? You know how many people go to college football every single year? You know how many people play high school football every single year? This is a the best of the best. I mean, even if you miss on a couple, so be it, man. Like these guys are still doing well enough to see that evaluators of five, 10, 50, 30, 40, 50 years are willing to take these players. And we all come around it and want to do well and want to see these guys flourish. Because to me, man, like I feel connected with these players. Like when I see freaking Juan Thornhill and Kalen Saunders <laughs> yep. win a Super Bowl, I'm like, that's awesome. Darwin man. Thompson like, too. I like we had him players. on the podcast. I mean, yeah, it was exactly. so cool to see an underdog like that, even though he wasn't a huge part of the, the puzzle. I mean, to see him win a Super Bowl in his first year, like that's cool. Absolutely, man. I mean, I was just, I was sitting in my kitchen today and I was thinking, I was thinking about Sidney Jones for some reason, and like I hope he, I hope he does well. Just making a peanut like, butter sandwich, fantasizing about Sidney Jones. Just another day in the life uh, yeah, of Gino no, Camilleri. Just another day in the <laughs> with my JJ Ortega Whiteside jersey on. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But I was thinking, as much as people want to crap on him, he's Super Bowl champion 
Sidney Jones. Yeah, like think fair. about that. Razul like, Douglas too, my friend. Razul too. No one no, can ever take that like, away that's from Zul. Awesome to think about. Like we invested our time and watched these guys and really fell in love with them. And it's so much more than that because to me, it's these guys are putting it all in into their craft, and we're doing it our all in our craft. And it's like you have to respect the hell out of them. And no matter what. These guys are so much better at what they do than any one of mm-hmm. us. That's the way I think of it. Yeah, it does make the I think the NFL just in general more fun too. Like during the regular season, when you have all these my guys, my guys in these draft classes, and they're on different teams, you're like, oh, okay, I want to go watch the Chiefs because Miko Hardman mm-hmm. is over there, and Darwin Thompson, and, and Juan Thornhill are. Uh, Dude, I'm buying a Derwin James jersey yeah, exactly. that they just came out with today. Those things are immaculate. And, and even with Minnesota, I mean, Dalvin Cook, seeing those kind of players, I think it makes the NFL a lot more fun as well. So, um, And again, no one knows. Like you said, you can find in players what they do wrong, but what they do right. Teams, when they use that philosophy, I think they end up better. And uh, again, nobody mm-hmm. and nobody knows. Even the, the most surefire prospects, they can be bust. And that's why, too, mm-hmm. though, the one thing I don't like on draft Twitter sometimes, I think there's it's good to have a strong opinion, but to say like someone is completely wrong, I mean you got no idea, man. This I mean even in our no. we're gonna by the way post our uh, our official NFL draft rankings on LockdownEagles.com later tonight, and even me and you at the wide receiver position, you know KJ Hamler. I don't want to get into the debate now because it could last for like twenty to thirty <laughs> minutes, and we'll do that on the live show on Thursday maybe. Um, we have him ranked very different. I'm not gonna say where because I want you guys to go check it out on the .com, but so that's the thing. I mean one guy can think a player is the you know second best in his class and another can think he's the 15th and I, I think that's actually a uh, part of the fun uh, about the NFL draft you know before well, it we brings parody to yes, the league man exactly like, that's what it comes down to it comes down to teams exploiting inefficiencies it comes down to Andy Reid pulling the trigger and going up and taking a chance on Patrick Mahomes because he knew what he saw yeah. there were people saying oh Patrick Mahomes he runs Cliff Kingsbury, who now is an NFL coach, by the way, Mm -hmm. his offense at Texas Tech, he played in a system that didn't have this many wins. He's a very raw quarterback. Well, look what they said about Carson. He he went to the Super Bowl. Come on. And look what they said about Carson Wentz, dude. Tom Brady, but he didn't. (laughs) And, I mean, Wentz, our own quarterback, came out of North Dakota State, and people said he was a small school guy, and people were concerned about the competition level and Mm -hmm. thought, you know, Jared Goff was the safer prospect. And I think the Rams right now, if they could go back in time, they would take Carson Wentz first overall, you know, over Jared Goff, even though he played in a Super Bowl. I think it's very clear uh, who the better quarterback is. And, again, all of this, the NFL is such a puzzle. It's such an unknown. There's so many different ways to build a successful franchise through the draft, you know, during the season. I mean, hell, the Eagles made the playoffs last year by finding gems on the practice squad. And I think that's why I think the NFL is so it's so much it's so unique and that's why I think it's it's above the rest of the leagues. It is because of all of these factors. Gino, before we wrap up the show, in segment two we were talking about positions we don't think the Eagles will be as worried about in this coming uh, NFL draft. And we talked about tight end. We talked about quarterback. We talked about interior defensive line. I think running back is kind of like this too. I could see them taking a running back way more than those other positions because right now you got Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, and that's really it. Elijah Holifield is your third running back on the roster right now. For me, I'm not concerned about it because I think if Miles Sanders stays healthy, he's going to be like he actually wants to be, your version of Christian McCaffrey where – you're not going to want to take him off the field a whole lot. I think Boston Scott down the stretch last year showed what he can be as an RB2, as a dynamic weapon. However, I do think um, there's room there without Corey Clement, without Darren Sproles, that they could add somebody in this draft. 
But when you look at what the Eagles have already in Sanders and Scott, two young guys, two very speed-oriented, you know, multi-dimensional. There are some guys in this class that I would love to be your new Jordan Howard, like A.J. Dillon out of Boston College. But, mm-hmm. I don't know, kind of like tight end, I see in free agency, you know, Carlos Hyde available and uh, Lamar Miller and, you know, LaShawn McCoy. And I still think Matt Breida could be available for a low-end draft pick. Kind of maybe it could be like a Hassan Ridgeway type deal day three, you know, this weekend. So I see that and I see what the Eagles could need. At running back, I think they need more of a veteran presence behind Sanders and Scott and a more traditional running back. Not to call Scott, you know, an untraditional running back, um, but I just, with, with Scott, I think he should be second on your team and touches at running back, but he's someone that if Sanders goes down, I, I don't want him to have, you know, 15 to 20 carries. If we're talking running back, there's only one I'm taking at any point in this draft. I know who it is. It's your boy. I be- you know who I'm going to say? I think so. Say it. Is it uh, Gibson? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm only drafting Memphis, Antonio Gibson kid. for the yeah. pure fact that he fits everything you need. Well, in he plays receiver, back. too. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he's a slot receiver. Yeah, he played slot he half He would the time. be your third back. He would be your Darren Sproles number two. I mean, he's a guy that is going to go way higher than people think, so I don't believe the Eagles will touch him. But to me, this is the position of UDFA. I mean, outside of – receiver i think there are guys in that day three territory that could fall outside the draft you got guys like darius anderson out of tcu i'm a big fan of dj dallas out of miami rico dowdle out of south carolina the lesser known of the south carolina backs patrick taylor out of memphis i mean there are plenty of guys you go down the list that are going to be there i mean if you're an Notre Dame fan you probably know tony jones jr like there's guys that are going to be there in udfa where the eagles have made their killing getting guys in the building i mean scott wasn't an undrafted free agent but they got him off of the saints practice right squad. he basically was for philadelphia yeah and even josh Corey adams Clement, the and, same yeah, thing Corey Clement josh, too. yeah josh adams never forget leading rusher of the philadelphia yeah. eagles <laughs> he was the best running back on a playoff team in philadelphia just a year ago and that's so. why they're not and that is the reason why they won't draft one yeah. because they'll find one in udfa they'll find one late in the process and how he sees and Around May 25th, around when they sign LeGarrette Blunt, they'll probably bring in a guy like a Lamar Miller Mm -hmm. to be that third running back. And to me, if you want to take a chance and draft a guy, I'm going Gibson. That's the only guy I'm taking a look at. Do you think this is going to be a thing now every year where there's two Memphis running backs in each class that people want? (laughs) Because this is, what, two years straight now? I tweeted that out probably two and a half months ago. Did you? About (laughs) all the offensive weapons that Memphis had at one given time. Yeah, it was they're like, just they had Darrell Henderson, they had Tony Pollard. Um, Tony Pollard. They had this year Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. Um Patrick the other Taylor. Kid, I just said his name two seconds ago. Patrick Taylor, um, right? Yeah, Patrick Taylor and then the kid their wide receiver next year who's gonna be the best of the group. Um can't even think of his and name. And before right that, Anthony Memphis. Miller came out of Memphis. And Anthony Miller as well, man. Yeah. They they just run that high. And that's why I'm saying, like, I like players in that conference, like, Prochet. Like, I'm super high on James Just don't Prochet. fall in love with their quarterback at Memphis, or that will spurn no. you like Paxton Lynch did me in 2016. <laughs> no, they're, they're, oh. their new one's actually not bad. This okay. Kid, white, he's pretty good, but... Yeah, last year their their quarterback. I'm not going to be like some yeah, Eagles man. fans that like hate on players because of the conference they play in, or else mm-hmm. all Pac-12 oh, players Devontae would be off the board. Or Devontae Coxey is his name, dude. You gotcha. Look at him; he's a good wide receiver. Which 2021's wide receiver class is going to be better than this mm-hmm. one. I'm going to say it right now. 
Okay, that's interesting. But I think that, I, I'm just going to leave that bombshell there that's, <laughs> for next year. We'll save that does. for next year. But that's cold that's a fun big take to to leave uh, with our with our listeners for next year. But yeah, I, I think to put a wrap on this, Gino, I think quarterback, running back, tight end, and interior defensive line are the four positions that not saying Philadelphia won't take, but I think they're certainly going to prioritize the others, you know, receiver, um, Mm -hmm. offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, and defensive backs. So they have a lot of picks, though, this year. And if, you know, hypothetically, like me and you have been talking about, they move down and collect more, they can take chances on those other positions. But I think those are the four positions right now that Philadelphia is okay in. And if they're going to add – players before the start of the year I think expect it to be more so through undrafted free agency and just free agency in general um, after the draft totally agreed man this is a continuation of Howie season we're here like, we are one we, day my friend th- we we see all these things about GMs not being ready with the technology and somebody's going to come out with an excuse and say they didn't get the draft class they wanted, but you know how he's sitting behind his computer with that smirk on his face, just ready to pounce at one GM ready to make a move and how he's going to be the guy to take advantage of it. And I have no doubt that him and his team and what Weidel and all those guys have done this off season, it's, they're not going to take it for granted. And I I think they're going to have a good result this year, man. I I got a feeling we're, we're due for a good class and, Talk about a class that matches the needs to the talent at the positions that the Eagles want. It's going to be a good one. I'm just putting the positive thoughts out there, and I trust Howie and what he does, and I'm happy that I'm an Eagles fan, and I can't wait to see what the heck happens Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. For sure, man. You got me thinking, too, about the virtual draft. You know, we made fun of David Gettleman earlier, and I'm just uh, imagining the picture right now of him at his desk with that giant binder with, like, (laughs) 4,000 pieces of paper. Maybe he's onto something, though. Maybe, like, everybody loses connection and Wi-Fi, and there's old Gettleman with his giant book of, you know, of (laughs) scouting reports on all these players. And then the Giants take over the NFL this year. Yeah, we'll see. Man. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We've got one more pre-draft show tomorrow on Wednesday right here on Lockdown Eagles. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on any platform or check it out on LockdownEagles.com. And you know me and Gino are going to be living on Twitter for the next, you know, we always do, but the next four days specifically will really be available. So hit us up at DBASILOE and at Gino underscore LOE. For my co-host Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go birds. Fly, Eagles, fly. All right, dude, good shit. Hell yeah.